0: listening to the Primary Medicine podcast with Kevin and Dimitri bringing you the best in primary care CME that you can use in your everyday practice. Hello and welcome back everyone to the Primary Medicine podcast. My name is Dr. Dimitri and this is podcast number 67 during which we'll be talking about andropause. So one of the things I do as a family doctor in Catano is I work at a sexual health clinic where we see quite a few th- different things. You know, we, uh, we see STIs, we see issues with fertility, but another thing we see often is issues with libido, which one of the causes is andropause. And what is andropause? By the way, another name for andropause you might see being used is late-onset hypogonadism. Andropause is defined as a gradual decrease of testosterone levels of about 1 or 2% a year in men, usually over the age of 40. Let's review a bit how testosterone is synthesized, because that will help us remember and remember what the differential is, first of all, for low testosterone, but also which tests we should be looking into to help us find what the cause is. So you have generally two areas in the body that are involved in testosterone production you have the hypothalamus and pituitary glands up in the brain and then you have your t- testicles down in the scrotum your hypothalamus will produce something called GNRH the GNRH will go to the pituitary and to pituitary which will cause it to secrete FSH and LH so LH goes to the latex cells LH for latex cells and FSH goes to the Sertoli cells, FSH for Sertoli, that's the way I remember it anyways. So the LH goes to the Leydig cells, this is causes the Leydig cells to produce testosterone. Testosterone is produced, goes in the body, has effect on the body, and then it has a negative feedback onto the hypothalamus and the interior to pituitary decreasing its own production. So that's the negative feedback mechanism that you see in, in a lot of a lot of places in the body. It needs to be there because if it wasn't there, you might have extreme levels of testosterone. What about this, the FSH? So FSH goes to your Sertoli cells. And when we're dealing with Sertoli cells, they produce something called androgen binding globulin, also known as sex hormone binding globulin, which when it's in the blood, actually will bind to testosterone and increase the concentration of testosterone. So it amplifies the effect of testosterone. The other thing that the Sertoli cells produces is something called inhibin. And inhibin has a similar effect as testosterone does in terms of having a negative feedback onto the anterior pituitary, decreasing the amount of FSH being produced. So you have your testosterone, you have your hydrogen- binding globulin, and you have your inhibin. Okay, those are the three things to remember. So now that you know how that works, what happens in andropause? Andropause is actually an issue that occurs both in the pituitary and in the testicle. So it's both a primary hypogonadism issue because it affects the testicles and it's an issue of the intuitary pituitary or a secondary hypogonadism issue because it affects that area. How is it primary? The way it's a primary issue is because what happens as we age is that our, the, fish, the production efficiency of testosterone decreases. So you need a lot more stimulation and a lot more LH for testosterone to be produced, so less of it is produced. It's a secondary hypogonadism issue because as we age, there's less GnRH production, so less production FSH, LH. There's less, less of a peak of the LH hormone. And, you know, when you get peaks of hormones, that's when you have a surge of production of testosterone. But also, as we age, the effective inhibin, remember, that's the, the hormone that inhibits the and it's produced by Sertoli cells. The effective inhibin increases. It's interesting. It's Essentially, interesting the antropods is caused... Is it's is that it both of disease or an issue with the anterior not say disease because it's a natural aging process as well and of the testicles. So from both a primary and a secondary hypogonadism problem. And the two main causes of andropause, number one is age. As we age, this is a natural process. Number two is obesity. In fact, up to 33% of obese men, the definition here being with a BMI of over 30 30 have issues around andropause. Why? Why obesity? Age makes sense. The machine sort of slows down, doesn't work as well. That makes sense. But why obesity? Insulin. And it seems that when you have high levels of insulin, because of insulin resistance, this tends to decrease your levels of androgen-binding globulin. Hence, you have less bioactive testosterone or less concentration of testosterone in your body so that's what's causing andropause age and obesity but you have to realize that low testosterone is not only caused by andropause there's actually many conditions that cause it so let's go through some of the most important ones to remember and divide them into your primary and secondary hypogonadism issue so let's go with the primary hypogonadism issue first so that's an issue with the actual testicles Klinefelters, filters xxy because of the the chromos- the extra chromosome, the testicles don't work. Cryptorchidism. This is where the testicles have not descended. If they don't descend, then they hyper they atrophy in the abdomen because the temperature in the abdomen is too high. You need a low temperature for the testicles to be able to produce sperm. Chemotherapy. Unfortunately, chemotherapy goes. Where does it go? It goes to the areas where the cells divide the most. Fortunately, that's cancer cells, but unfortunately, that's your gametes. So you're overreasing your testicles. In fact, often when we were dealing with, when I was working in infertility, one of the issues, one of the reasons to do sperm freezing is in patients who will undergo chemotherapy, so they can after chemotherapy they can use the sperm to have babies. Another common cause is inflammation or infection of the testicles. This is called orchitis. Sorry, it could be caused by STIs. It could be caused by E. coli, but it can also be caused by mumps, so people that didn't get mump vaccinations or they you might get really bad orchitis, which destroys the testosterone-producing apparatus in the, te- in the testicle. Varicocele may cause less testosterone production, the, the, the theory here is that the varicocele keeps the temperature of the testicles a bit higher than it should be. And certain medications such as ketoconazole or chronic gl- gl- glucocorticoids may be involved in, in suppression of testicular function. Actually, anabolic steroids is, is certainly a, a cause for less testosterone production. Then, so this is your primary cause. Now let's go through the secondary cause. And secondary cause, again, you're thinking about the, about the pituitary and the hypothalamus. So what are is ser- certain issues here? Well, prolactinoma, so high pro- levels of prolactin, will affect the FSH LH secretion. It will decrease it and then you have issues with testosterone production. High levels of TSH and low levels of T4. Low levels of T4 specifically lead, lead to low levels of, uh, of, of androgen-binding globulin. Then and that's why hypothyroidism can cause andropause or because of less circulating ABG cushings. Can we mention exogenous steroids in a, as a primary cause of, of hypogonadism? Well, Cushing's is an endogenous cause. You have too much steroid in your blood, which is causing suppression of the pituitary epithelamic axis. Then two things, two other things to not forget: hemochromatosis, very important. Hemochromatosis is a cause of secondary hypogonadism. So you need to consider somebody has very low testosterone. They might need to get a Ferritin checked, right? Hemochromatosis, the iron goes in your organs and can damage them, including the organs causing in the brain, which is what's causing, which is what's helping produce testosterone. And we expect that if, you ex- if you're exposed to lead, it's another heavy metal. Lead, well, lead can also cause failure of the pituitary hypothalamic axis. Finally, a tumor. If you have pituitary hypothalamic tumors such as adenoma, that can cause hypogonadism, so low testosterone can be seen in men with tumors. Often it's benign, but sometimes it's malignant. So again, when you have somebody coming low testosterone, think about those extra things that can be causing it. Don't diagnose everybody with andropause. Speaking of that, how does you know how does that usually come out in, on on, an, on a history? Because you don't list, you don't screen for this. You you usually well you screen for sexual function in your patients, but you don't screen for andropause and the way. I usually see it as somebody comes in complaining of sexual dysfunction, so usually erectile dysfunction and loss of libido. Because remember, you know, if you have no, if you have erectile dysfunction, with normally libido likely, you're not dealing with, uh, with andropause, you know, with an issue, erectile issue more likely. Uh, the other thing I sometimes see, people come in complaining of muscle weakness. So they go to the gym, they find that strong, their muscles don't respond as well to stimulation, and that's another symptom I see often associated with andropause. If you're suspecting andropause in a patient, on history should also ask about issues with the prostate. So, do they have any lower urinary tract symptoms? Dysuria, nocturia, weak stream. Why? Because, and we'll talk about that again with, in regards to treatment in the next podcast. But if you're giving testosterone to somebody who has BPH, can make it worse. has cancer, can make it even worse so that's why you ask you're being proactive about the prostate when you ask those questions that so, you ask your on physical exam not much to, to be frank with you you might see some changes so gynecomastia loss of muscle mass especially if it's one of your patients you know for a long time you can certainly see loss of muscle mass that way you may want to do a dre if they have really bad bph symptoms you don't necessarily need to so physical is not is not that helpful with andropause. It's more uh, more based on the history. Okay, so now you suspect andropause. How do you test for it? This is the protocol I use. You always do an 8 to 10 a.m. total testosterone. Total testosterone is the only thing you need. You don't need bioavailable. You don't need free. You don't need testosterone possible. You don't need SHBG. And, again unless you're an endocrinologist and you're dealing with a specific case. All you need is a total testosterone done in the morning from 8 to 10 a.m. The cutoff is usually 8 but depends on the lab so take a look at your lab's cutoffs. If that initial testosterone test is low then you repeat it once more but this time I tend to add the FSH-LH to help me figure out if it's a primary secondary hypogonadism. I tend to add prolactin sorry I tend to add the PSA because I'm considering treatment and I want to be proactive in terms of uh, making sure this person doesn't have really bad BPH or, or cancer. And I will often add, if it hasn't been done, a fasting pill like glucose and an HbA1c because again, just like obesity can cause this diabetes. If my results come back and the FSH that I've ordered is low, so remember you order FSH and LH are low, then you're dealing with a secondary hypogonadism. That's the one that you worry more about because one of the causes is a tumor. So you may need an MRI. In fact, if the testosterone is really low, usually less than five, you should always do an MRI. That's number one. Tumor. Throughout the tumor, you always this your job as a doctor is always to f- make sure there's not a tumor. Number two, do a ferritin. Why a ferritin? Because of hemochromatosis. In fact, one of the initial symptoms of hemochromatosis is andropause. No, a lot of people live with it and are fine. But if people, if you miss the diagnosis, they can get in trouble. It goes in the liver and goes in the brain. It causes cognitive decline. So always do a ferritin if you're dealing with a secondary hypogonadism. Ready? Do a TSH, do a prolactin, and an 8 a.m. cortisol to figure out if you're dealing with those other causes of secondary hypogonadism: thyroid problems, prolactin, and uh, Cushing's disease. So, if your FSH and LH are normal or high, then you're dealing with a primary cause. So, something is wrong with the testicles. Really low, consider doing a scrotal ultrasound. See what's wrong with them. If you examine them and they're small, likely they hypertrophied. Maybe there's, I should say, a varicocele. It's something you may consider. It's not. I I don't do it that often. I think an exam is probably the best initial approach if LH patient lets you. But in some cases, if it's really low, you should take a look. And... If it's really low actually, do a genetic test to make sure it's not Klinefelter's, filters. Right? So that makes sense? You do you do need two testosterones to be low and they're all both done between eight to ten A. M. in the morning. And they tell testosterones. Slow, F S H and L H. Oh, it's the bare minimum you need to figure out if it's a primary or secondary cause. Having said it, why do, why do we care? Is 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 a big issue? And if you look at the prognosis of people with osteoporosis who are not treated, it can be. It actually is associated with an increase in all cause mortality and mortality from cardiovascular disease. It is associated with bone density decrease, and that's another pro I'm gonna give you here. The so pro I'm gonna give you here is if you see somebody with low testosterone, consider doing a bone mineral density because about 15% patients with osteoporosis have low testosterone and conversely if you have a patient who has osteoporosis consider doing a testosterone they might have a low testosterone that's the cause especially if they're young especially if they have osteoporosis when they're 55 right is dyspnea this is not met a major depression but it's you know this chronic low-lying depression but interestingly enough we'll talk a bit more during the treatment uh in certain patients and men who are resistant to major depression the treatment of the depression so you've tried Sarai, you've tried a psychotic they're still not doing well consider doing a testosterone test because there's some evidence that if you give them testosterone this can help with their depression makes sense in part two we'll talk about treatment more because treatment again has some subtleties that needs to be discussed but part one is just Good idea when somebody comes in and you suspect low testosterone. Andropause is the most common cause. But don't forget you have your primary causes. Causes, primary causes, the big ones being things such as Kleinfelters, hemochromatosis, prolactinoma, hypothyroidism, and Cushing's. Hopefully that's helpful and I'm looking forward to talking about part two soon.